Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com, it is a much happier and both of us not as grumpy edition of Flyers Daily, and it's Bill Meltzer. Bill, how you doing? I am definitely doing better than I was a few days ago. Uh, you know, <laughs> Amazing what a couple wins will do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Bill, they, they're now riding uh, a win streak. It's only two games. And, yeah. you know, you go to Vegas, you get a win, you end the 10-game winless skid. Six straight that they lost in regulation, which is kind of disturbing. Uh, but they get that win against Vegas, and then they turn around, and, and maybe Arizona was just what the doctor ordered because now you got two straight. But – um, is it is as simple as the coaching change in the week released some kind of tension element in players? And then once you end the winless streak, that alleviates a lot. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I think that uh, getting the win in Vegas really, you know, I mean, the flyer, the flyers, you know, they were kind of hanging in and that the third period, with, you know, they're ahead, they're ahead in the game and, it never, you know, it never felt like uh, it's in the bag until the, the final horn was sounded. So, you know, I, I mean, honestly, and no, nobody, uh, honestly, one of the things that I have liked over the last couple is nobody's under the pretension that hey, we there, there's still a lot to work on. Yeah. You know, there, there's still a whole lot of things to clean up. Um, you know, as of when we're recording this, that'll be rectified on Monday. But there hasn't even been a practice yet under uh, under Mike Yo because the schedule hasn't allowed for it. So there, there's there's a whole lot to clean up, particularly in you know the things like breakouts. Some of some of the defensive breakdowns need to be cleaned up a little bit. I mean, if Carter Hart hadn't played an A plus game on uh, on Friday, I they would not have won that game. Um, and honestly, you know, on 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 Saturday, um, you know that 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 was kind of a the, you know, funny game in that Arizona kept hanging around. Mm-hmm. In the game, and they they were ahead, but they they got you know they they shaved a goal off you know late in the game and on a six on four. And now all of a sudden you're a little nervous closing out. They closed it out pretty well, um, and even though it wasn't a spectacular game by any means for for Martin Jones, I think his best play came at some junctures when it was one one and two two. Agreed. When there were some breakdowns and there were really some really good scoring chances, and Jones came up with saves there, so that Arizona never went ahead in the game. But uh, you know, I mean, Arizona is Arizona. That 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 was a game you had to win, an opponent you had to beat, um, in regulation preferably, and they they got it accomplished. It, you know, there ultimately no style points. It was at least a at least another step back in the right direction. And then we'll see what happens this week too. If if they can continue to build on it and and pick up some points, you know, as uh, as we get towards the Christmas break, then we can say, okay, you know, the it's all behind them, and they're they're starting to gain a little momentum going going into the league wide holiday break. But I mean, certainly it certainly felt nice to get uh, you know to get four points in in the span of two nights when you're playing your fourth and uh, fifth games in a seven game span. Yeah, and both back to backs on the road yeah. with the travel and everything too. Yeah, I thought Martin Jones' game was uh, timely saves. Yeah. He made some good saves, and and you know it was against Arizona. We're all you know aware of that, but sometimes it's not how many great saves you make, but it's when you make mm-hmm. them. And he made some, Brian Elliott, you know, a lot of times when he was here, his numbers were not indicative of how I felt like he performed because it was more the timing of saves, not yeah. the the bulk of them. 
Yeah, exactly. And it was that, that kind of performance. Yeah. Um, Bill, I said this on my radio show on Saturday that, you know, somebody had called in and asked me like, oh, they're going to rattle off like seven in a row now. And I said, they don't like a lot of times you can see when a team is about to end a losing skid. They find a way to hang on to the skid a little longer, but they're playing well. But yeah. I didn't see anything leading into that Vegas game and maybe even through that Vegas game, to be honest with you, yeah. that I, I went, this is a team that's going to rattle off seven of nine. Because, no. I no. mean, no. there's still some habits that are a little bit disturbing and there's a lot to clean up. Um, but with this schedule loosening right now, they'll get some practice time. Is it as simple as just kind of pick one thing every couple of days and improve on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they're going to be certain things they harp on continuously. Um, I, they, they have to – I think they have to start controlling the puck more, yeah. you know. So so really focusing on coming out of their own zone, how they enter the offensive zone. Um, you know, I mean, the only the only things that have been indicative to me of a team that, that might rattle off several is the – it seems that the confidence is back in the power play, finally. Yeah. You know, uh, and not and not just the that they have scored some goals, but they even some of the ones that they haven't scored, it's looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, you know sometimes sometimes that can carry you a little bit. And um, you know, again, yeah, they they're you know you, they played some teams that maybe they didn't kill the penalties very well either. But I mean, the Flyers executed well, so that's a that's that's a piece to look at right there. Um, you know, they they really stepped up on the penalty kill. The the other you know, the last two games. And again, you know, I know, you know, your two teams have been struggling on the power play, but you know, you can only play the team that's in front of you. And I thought, I thought those parts were, were pretty good. Five on five, that process, I think that still has to get significantly better. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny too, because you know, they, they, they put, they, they put nine goals up in two games. I mean, yeah. they haven't scored more than three goals in back-to-back games since I think October 27th and 28th. Right. I mean that's I mean that's incredible to me, but they're a team um, that probably has a lot of elements to them that's fragile, and there's certain players that had that too. Now in the previous two games on Wednesday, um, and then on Friday against Vegas, James Van Riemsdyk had three penalties, but I thought he was being assertive physically. Yeah, and it's not a coincidence that now he has three goals in his last two games, is it? No, not not at all. Um... You know the uh, you, you know you you need him involved. You need him engaged. Um, I mean, one thing that one thing he's really done well last year and this year, uh, a lot of his defensive details and, and plays coming off the walls have been significantly improved from you know from a couple of years ago. It's, it's why when he stopped scoring, he was still able to stay out of the doghouse and, and stay in the lineup. But ultimately, James Van Riemsdyk is a guy you need goals from. And if he's not parked near the net and, and, you know, engaged there, then he's not doing the number one thing you need him to do. And you saw it starting to come together, together a little bit in the, uh, the Colorado game, even a little bit in that Devils game that was not a good game for anybody, really. Yeah. You know, but but there were, he was inching towards it. And now he has, you know, three goals in the last two games, goals in back-to-back, and he's a streak scorer. Yep. So to get one, you know, to get one for Couturier was big for him. Uh, to have a to have a couple games back to back where JVR scores, that's big. Um, you know, it, it, Konechny looks like he's close 
to breaking his own uh, goalless drought. He almost, you know, the the uh, second JVR goal was tipped in, and but it, you know, but he was it was a nice shot from the slot, and he, you know, he he's had a couple of nice assists recently. He had a, a couple of assists the game before that against Colorado, so he looks like he's getting closer. That's a uh, that's another encouraging sign. Those are all guys they need scoring. Um, what well, you know, I, I thought that I thought that Oscar Lindblom had such a good game, even apart from scoring in the Colorado game. I was not very, you know, I was it was a little disappointed with his follow up game. So that I was hoping the game yeah. in Colorado would, yeah. And it's not easy to because he was quickly back on the fourth line again. Yeah, but but he wasn't doing what he would would need him to do to stay up there with Couturier. So I was I was a little bit disappointed in that. Um, where and and Mike Yo probably hit him in the head when he said, you know, last season was physical. This year it's probably a little bit mental. Yeah, but uh, you know, but he did at least finally get a goal. I, I you know I think this is an important game for him against the Devils. See if he can snap back on track. And I really thought, um, you know, n- another guy too. Um, I, I'd really. I really want to see a, a, a really strong game uh, from Cam Atkinson. Now we did have a nice assist on Giroux's goal, yeah. um, in you know in, in the Arizona game, I, and I thought that uh, I thought that Giroux and Morgan Frost both because one line that was not going at all on Friday night was that line. They, they didn't have a scoring chance among them, and uh, they spent a lot more time defending than they did attacking. I thought they corrected that the next night, at least two thirds of the line. Uh, Atkinson really didn't have his best game, although he did make a nice play on the rush and you know nice pass to Giroux and ends up in the net. I'd like to see Atkinson, um, you know, have a have a step forward kind of game too, and see that line put together a, a stretch of good games, not just a good game here and a good game there. Yeah, there are some of the parts offensive team they got to get it from a lot of places. Like Scott Lawton scores a goal in that yeah. in that game yeah. on uh, against the Coyotes and. You know, to get it from you know, you get a Patrick Brown goal in the game. Yeah. You gotta get some yeah. D scoring at points. Um, let me ask you about Ristolainen. Bill, if you're voting today, we get these little ballots at the end of the year to vote on the Flyer team awards. Is he your Flyers top defenseman or is it Justin Braun? Uh, well, I was gonna, yeah, I was good. Yeah. I mean it's it's <laughs> last year it was all last year it almost defaulted, you know. Um mm-hmm. I don't don't want that kind of situation again. I I, I don't know. You know, I voted last year, frankly. Yeah, really, yeah, really. It was like a you know, really a none of the above pick last year. Braun, I Braun, if you would have drawn the line a couple of weeks ago, I would yeah. have said Braun. Consistency wise, he's had a little bit of little bit of a wall. Um, you know, playing 22, 23 minutes a night. Um, when you when he's really at this stage of his career, more of a, you know. Play play a little lower in the lineup. I mean, that's that to me is, is part of the whole effect of, of Ryan Ellis being out. Yeah. So we can talk about that. But I mean, I I think that uh, if if you had to pick, I don't know. I mean, right now it's really hard to pick anybody on defense. Maybe maybe Braun just because of just because when the team got off to that really strong start through twelve games, he was he was a big part of that reason how they were able to to survive for a while without Ellis. Yeah, I mean, Bristolainen's had some moments in physicality, yeah. and physicality, and he's kind of, I guess he's kind of delivered on exactly what you knew you were getting. Yeah. And there, there's still some snafus in there from time to time yeah. and some overplays and some kind of flighty moments, for lack of a better term. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that 
he's rounding it, rounding into form. And I think as long as he's not a top minutes guy, he can be a really effective second pairing right side guy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I thought in the, uh, there have been, I think about five games this year. He's just been an absolute warrior and against good teams too. Yeah. Boston they, one night. Yep. Yeah. They, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's had, uh, you know, he's had a handful of those games where, you know, he'll play his 20 minutes, whatever, but I mean, games where he was just doing pretty much everything for the, you know, um, even contributing, contributing a little bit up ice too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really like him slotted in that second pair. Yeah. You know, and, and um, I, I think he's found a certain chemistry with uh, Travis Sanheim. Um, I'd want to see, you know, some more points out of Travis and, you know, a little more consistency and in, in certain details from, from Ristolainen. And, but in the whole, I think the second pair, they're, they're, they've kind of been the most stable pair over the last, I don't know, month at this point. It's, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we, we talked about this last year when they didn't have Matt Niskanen. And it's not just what Ryan Ellis himself brings. And he's a, he's a very good player. But it's really when you don't have Ellis in the lineup, then it destabilizes two different pairs. Yeah. Yeah, because then Braun or somebody else has to move up to the top pair and play with Provorov. It seems to it seems to have a negative effect on Provorov when he doesn't have that stable, reliable, consistent you know, partner uh, who can who can play who can play you know the kind of game you need to play in a top pair against uh, other teams' top lines regularly. And I mean, Braun's done a great job filling in, but he's not the guy who you want doing that eighty-two games. Yeah, right? I totally up, up top of the line. Yeah. So you know, yeah, give a, he gets exposed. Exactly, exactly. So you know, and then Provorov, Provorov himself has really been in a funk for a couple of weeks here. There have been some signs, I thought, in the last couple of games where he looked a, a little bit better, but he still has a ways to go yet. Um, so, you know, having Ellis back in there at some point, and who knows what that point will be because he's still not imminently coming back. But having Ellis back there will do the, the same thing that Niskanen in the lineup did. It's a steady top pairing, and then you slot everybody else where they need to be slotted. And that's really, really, to me, you know, it's, it's that trickle-down effect as well as his own value. And uh, that they've really missed that. Bill, one guy that needs to be slotted on the power play is Keith Yandel. Because if you don't have him on your top power play unit, what's the point? Exactly, <laughs> and he's starting to really round back into form in that regard. He has. Uh, I, I think that uh, you know they they've really shown and they've said they've really emphasized in the, the team meetings quick puck movement, and uh, you know I, I think that that's Yandel's Yandel's a good puck distributor. I mean that's one yeah. thing he's always done really well, and he he even had a, you know he was just in such a funk that even that part of his game was off for a few weeks there. He does seem to be rounding back in that area because, but as you said, if he's not on the top power play, then really, why even have him in your lineup? Yeah, that's why you brought him here. You got you got to put him on the ice to do it. Bill, what have you seen out of changes? You know, they haven't had any practices. There's not been these big changes, but have you seen any philosophical changes? You know, other than a guy like Yandel being on that top power play unit, Giroud to the middle, which you know we saw some elements of of that prior, but. Anything philosophically that you see different in the four check neutral zone or, or D zone? I, I think that, uh, and Scott Lawton articulated the other day, I, I think that they've done an improved job of, you know, the five foot pass, the 10 foot pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that, that's helped. That's helped the last couple of games. 
but even even that needs more consistency to it. Um, they're trying to carry it into the zone a little bit more, try to get a little more speed uh, on entries. That's really part of why they that's part of why they're scoring some goals again. The other part of it is just uh, you know just just that simple when they say attacking mentality. Well, you you know you you don't necessarily stand and study the play. You know you have a chance to get at the net. You do that and you try to get somebody there. I mean it's really really simple it's it's nothing earth shattering it's nothing groundbreaking but you see they're you see they're putting a few in the net again and that really to me has been the biggest difference they're they're just simply attacking more and that uh you know they, the some some of the underlying stuff has to get better too but but that part of it i think is better and we've already talked about the power play i i think that uh you know the way the way they've moved the puck has been encouraging over the last uh really over the last week and in fairness you know in fairness the, even even the final game or so under michelle terry and they were starting to move the puck just a little bit better too it just has kind of continued with that it just the power play was, was so was such a dead spot for such a long time and it dragged a lot down with it so i i think that um you know i, I think that what we're going to see as there are more practices is they will um Probably try to tweak a little bit of, of the neutral zone play. Um, certainly try to fix breakouts a little bit, and uh, you know just just make sure that just make sure that the puck support is always there. And that's uh, that's that's you know we always talk about five man units. Yeah. You know, and a lot of the systems within that, right? The four check. You know, you got to make you got to make sure if you have a guy going in deep, you're you're hitting the uh, you're hitting the offensive zone with a little bit of speed to go in on the four check. Um, you know, that also helps you carry it in too. You don't always have to chip it in. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think all those those little areas they've talked more philosophically than X's and O's. So we, I, I hopefully over the next week you'll see a little bit of uh, actual, you know, tweaks in in how they uh, how they approach things. Of course, you can only show much so so much of the video. So I, I think the I think as they get some practice time, and probably it'll be a short practice the first time because there's two games on the other side of that. But, uh, you know, but as they have some time, I think, I think, I think the adjustments in the system will be uh, more noticeable. Yeah. I I like where they're attacking on the offenses in the last two games that to me, it's that they haven't had the puck enough a a lot. I mean, the possession numbers, I think in the Vegas game were 57% to 43% in Vegas's favor. And as you alluded to earlier, Carter was just sensational in the game. And you know, you know what's really encouraging, Bill, is that he played in that Tampa game that they lost seven to one, and he got pulled. I think after the fifth goal, if I recall, when he had the bad giveaway, yep. and it ended up in the back of the net with eleven minutes to go in the second period, is when he got pulled, and then he bounced back in New Jersey, gave up two goals. He was the only bright spot on the team in that on that night when they got shut yeah, out three to nothing. Yeah, for and sure. Then, and then the game, I, 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 I didn't think, yeah, and he got better and better as the game in Jersey went along too. I yeah. thought early on. There were a few shaky moments, yeah. and he didn't look, you know, some rebounds that he typically wouldn't let out, and you know, and then he settled in and uh, got better from there. And then, you know, when you have that, you have that kind of game like happened against Tampa, you want to see the course get corrected quickly. So that that was that was, as you said, probably the only positive there. Yeah, I'm gonna, Kevin Woodley's going to be on my Stick to Hockey Live podcast today, and we're obviously we're going to talk about that quite a bit from Ingle Mag. Um, Bill, before we get to the week ahead, I want to look at the captain, who's got now 307 <laughs> power play points since 2010, which is the most in the NHL through this moment. 
And they has 334 power play points and is the number one power play point getter in the history and long and storied history of the Philadelphia Flyers, surpassing Bob Clark. I mean, it gets no bigger than that. Can you put into perspective this this achievement that Giroux has just gotten at 334 points and top the list for Philadelphia Flyers players? Yeah, well, I I mean, he's been – one of at league wise, I mean, you were, you're saying uh, where where he ranks league wide in that span. I mean, he's one of the top playmakers of his generation. Oh, you know, and he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't been blessed, you know, with the uh, with a you know like a Reggie Leach kind of pure goal scorer or a Barber for that matter, right? Yeah. I mean, Barber would Barber go out every year and like clockwork would get his 35, 40 goals every year. You know, Hartnell um, and Shen. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. Come on. exactly. Nice players. Yeah. No disrespect, but geez. Yeah. No disrespect. Nice, nice players, but not, but not top end snipers. I mean, yeah. it, it, it speaks, you know, it speaks a lot to that. And, you know, Drew's what now, what, three points from catching Bill Barber for second in, in points in franchise history, um, which he has a chance to do this week. And although Billy's career ended at age 32, you know, he was a Hall of Fame player and, and a, uh, you know, <laughs> in an era that scored more, right? Exactly. The guy. So you know, I mean, he. Yeah, he was. He was a more of a pure goal scoring type. So you know, I, I think that speaks a lot to it as well. And you know, the other the other thing too that that uh, that Jerry was on the kind of getting very close to, and I know this would mean a lot to him. Uh, he is thirty one games away from being only the second player in franchise history to play a thousand games. As a flyer, yeah, that's a it, he's at 969 right now, and yeah. it, that's why you go, man, get get this straightened out, guys, so you don't have to try and move him at the deadline or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, let's, let's, I mean, let him set the record here, yeah. yeah. I mean, that'd be criminal, right? But I mean, we'll have that conversation for another day if it warrants at that time. But I mean, the numbers are just they're eye popping, Bill, and he's got 10 goals, he's pacing at his highest goal rate of his career. He's going to be 34 next month, yeah. and there's no signs really of slowing down. He doesn't take over a game like he used to, yeah. but the the IQ, which has always, to me, been his greatest asset, his hockey smarts and awareness and taking nothing away from his ability and the way he can control a puck and the way he takes boards on his backhand, pucks off the boards on the backhand on a rim. I mean, all the things that he can do. I mean – I think he's just so underappreciated in Philadelphia because of, of a lack of team success, and that's not on him. No. I mean, one, one of the things, you know, uh, and listen, you know, management has its own sets of priorities. When Ron Hexel was the general manager, rebuilding the farm system was the priority. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the side effect of that was the prime of Claude Giroux's career was spent on a on – a, team that was willing to be a bubble team, you know, in, in the interest of continuing to collect assets. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. But the truth of the matter is, is that early in his career, the Flyers were a contender and he was a big part of that, you know, up through, up through really what, 2012, the early part of his career when the Flyers were, were right there in the top, you know, near the top of the East. And he was, he was a big part of that. And then after that, the pieces were just not there around him to, to be playing at a cup contender. And I, it, it's always about what a 
team does anyway, not a player. There's so many Hall of Fame players who had great careers oh, yeah. and just were never blessed for being uh, on a team, you know, that won a cup or was capable of winning a cup. You know, like we've, we've always talked about Dale Howard, Chuck. Is, is, there were some good Winnipeg teams there, but none of them were going to win a cup, right? Yeah. Buffalo wasn't going to win a cup. And then, then he's at the end of his career, you know? Yeah. So. And you, you look at guys like Paul Correa didn't win a cup. No. You, so many great players. Marcel Dion never won a cup. Does it make him not great? No. Um, and is is it Jerusalem's fault that he had Yuri Laterra and Chris Vandevelde and you know those players on his team? That's not that's not on him. He he did everything he could to drag those teams to as much success as they could get. Yeah. Last thing, Bill, let's look at the week ahead. I love looking at the week ahead with you because it doesn't look like Tampa, Florida, Carolina this week. It looks like far different. Double revenge against the Devils at home on Tuesday. Off to Montreal, a struggling Montreal Canadiens team on Thursday, and then the Ottawa Senators on Saturday. So all in all, six points available in the standings. I mean, I think even with the back-to-back wins, you got to be looking at coming away with five or six points here. I agree. I agree. Um, all teams that are on paper, and particularly Jersey, after you lost them twice in their building, yeah. uh-huh. you know, I, I think there's, there's should be a lot of motivation to play that team. Right, you see, lately, you know, the Flyers have been the only team the Jersey has been beating. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the fly the Flyers need a step up game against them, and then, you know, I, as you said, there. Are, I mean, I I really like to get all six and yep. not have to also try to get those in regulation, just because particularly when you're when you're chasing the tiebreakers and you know the those things R-R-W. later in the season. Yeah, those those things will add up later later in the season if they they can make a run at a playoff spot. Because a lot of times it'll come down to those. So take care of business when you have the opportunity. Um, they can rattle off three more wins of one five in a row. You know, you take them one at a time, as the cliche goes. But it, it's it's there for them to do. Yeah, it's amazing because I saw this um, screenshot tweeted out that the last two times the Flyers had a 10-game winless skid, they made the playoff both times. <laughs> That's just one year they had, they won 10 straight and didn't make it. They were the right. first team to win 10 straight and not make the playoffs. Yeah, I remember that season. Yeah. This team is just, just a conundrum <laughs> wrapped in a riddle sometimes. Well, I got to say, it's a lot more uh, enjoyable to talk about the team and just all elements that win. Like, I felt like it even released, like, my, my wife's got one of those uh, pressure cooker things. I forget what it's called, the uh, something pot. Um, but it's got like the the pressure thing on the top and lets all the steam out. Yeah, the Yeti pot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's what it, that game against Vegas was like that steam coming out of my head. <laughs> yeah, releasing the pressure. I, I I think for I mean myself as well. So certainly for the hockey team, you know, yeah. and, you know, and then they can work on the product. I, I actually I, I one thing I will say that Mike you know Mike Yo said that I agreed with. He's like you know when you get in one of these things. As much as the system stuff and the, you know, the, the fixing the process, the first step of it is getting control of the emotions. Yep. You know, and because you could, you could see it in a lot of games. I think we talked about this a week ago. You know, you go in, you go in there and you're tonight's going to be different. And then you fall behind and you go, ah, oh, here we go again. And then yeah. everything falls apart with it. Right. So to actually, you know, to actually get, get control on the emotional side. You know, I, I think that then, then a lot of the, a lot of the tweaks of the system and execution wise, theoretically, hopefully can follow. Yeah, absolutely.
Absolutely. Well said. Let's wrap it up on that. Bill, thanks for doing this as always. Check out Will's work on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. Another brand new episode coming up tomorrow, day of uh, game edition against the New Jersey Devils. We'll preview it in tomorrow's brand new Flyers Daily. Thanks for listening, everybody. Down the street, you can hear a scream, you're a disgrace. And she slams the door in his drunken face. And now he stands outside, and all the neighbors start to gossip and drool. 